MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. Welcome to Jenkins and Jones on the Volume Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, May 17th, and we are live on Amazon Amp. We're live every Sunday and Wednesday night after the playoff games with our reaction of what have been a really great first couple of finals, uh, conference finals games so far. As always, Jenkins and Jones, hosted by Dragonfly Jones, a.k.a. Tyler. Hey, everybody. Have a good The Jethro Jenkins, a.k.a. John. What's that, Bubba's? I'm Gardy B, a.k.a. Mike. Motherfucking Mike. Motherfucking Mike. Motherfucking Mike. Motherfucking Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Love doing that shit, man. Also, Jackson, the Celtics fan. How you doing over there, brother? <laughs> you talking to me? <laughs> you talking to me? A huge shout out to Jackson for not calling in sick today. Because I can see in his face how badly he does not want to be on this podcast. The butt cheeks was tight as hell. His energy was totally different from any other pod we've had. You know, this man worried now. I know for show for show. You did. I'm not worried. I'm just annoyed that this stupid basketball team can't go more than four days without doing something colossally stupid. So, before we get to the Celtics, we have to talk about Jimmy motherfucking Butler, Jimmy Beasy. Unbelievable. He is just stringing together what feels like all-time performance after all-time performance tonight. He had 35, 5, 7 assists, and was it 6 steals? 6 steals. Six two, including two, in the, two in the in the last four minutes of the game, uh, where he looked like Ed Reed just dropping back into fucking coverage, like with the wingspan filling the gaps, baby. You feel right? Um, you know, the question before this series, I think all three of us talked about was: Is Jimmy Butler a- enough to just make it happen? And the answer in Game One was yes. What did you think of the way he played? 
I'm just I'm just amazed at how he continues to amaze me, if that makes sense. Right? Because, you know, we saw his run on the bubble. I was like, okay, this is the best postseason he ever had. We saw his run last year when he took the Celtics 7. I was like, okay, this is the best postseason Jimmy's ever had. We've seen his run this postseason. I'm like, okay, this is the best postseason Jimmy's ever had. It is just remarkable at, you know, he is just a fucking living cliche like the lights get brighter and he steps his game like he is that he is the dog in a meme personified you know what i mean it's just like like i mean I, i'm still sticking with with the celtics winning this out because like i said i think the talent discrepancy is just gonna it's just gonna be too, too much you know in a seven game series but but bruh like i don't think any of us would be surprised if the heat go i mean dog like i i feel like if if the team just gives him some like enough to stay close to any team on the planet, you know what I mean? In the fourth quarter, he can always grab the reins. You know what I mean? It's like you're guaranteed like that three, no business going in. But of course, Jimmy Butler hits it like that. You know what I'm saying? Like the most annoying way the three is going to go down for a Celtics fan for sure. But yeah, dog. I mean, it's 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 crazy to see him continually in the big moments just step up. And I don't think he's just like. Shining, I think he actually shining brighter. I think he wants the moment. It's like you know, what I'm saying, okay, fourth quarter is my time. This is what I do. Y'all sit back. I'm gonna literally make everything that I put up, and he does it in the ways that don't make sense. Like he's yes, he's has good size, but he's more like six seven. How is he two hand layups in the paint? With, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like uh, like the the mid range is crazy. It's just he he doesn't do it in the way that you think people do it. Are supposed to do it in 2023? It's it's so everything he does is so him, and he's just so good at it. He's crazy. Uh, Jackson, Celtics fan, not happy to be producing this podcast right now. Really looking at me like he absolutely hates my fucking guts. Uh, a little research from Jackson. That Celtics are him tripping because he's smelling Jimmy Butler's nuts right now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he the dragged Celtic- him all across the Celtics nation. <laughs> all you feel all across the nose region. <laughs> Jackson nose region. Uh, has, has messaged region. that the Celtics are now 10 and 11 in their last 21 home playoff games. What happened to Boston, Jackson? People used to what be afraid to play in what Boston. What happened to Lucky? What happened to the Magic, Jackson? <laughs> I hate all of you. <laughs> I hate all of you. I hate producing this podcast. I've never seen you stressed after I a loss before. the sport of basketball. <laughs> I'm so unhappy. Hey, Kyrie came through and saged that motherfucker and stepped on Lucky's nose, and shit ain't been the same since, dog. <laughs> hey, shit ain't been the same for Kyrie either since, okay? What the fuck's Kyrie <laughs> done since then? Yeah. Yeah, there's that too. He drove the white <laughs> devilry out of Boston, and the Celtics have not had home court advantage ever since. Jackson, do you think it was a good? Do you think it was a good a good decision or a mistake for the Celtics to not hire a head coach for this season? Jesus, you know, I really was like when the Celtics started the season. I forget exactly what their record was, but it was something like twenty five and five to start the season. Right? They the best offense over that many games in the history of the NBA. And I was like, wow, Joey Gumball spinning the plates. He's fucking do his magician over here. Turning the prodigy. Yeah. Like they couldn't really, that offense, not defense was the problem in the, in the finals last season. Uh, so I was like, man, this guy's really got these boys humming. Everything is coming together. This is the year. And now I wish he didn't turn him to a pumpkin. But he did. I feel like a pumpkin might have accidentally called a timeout in the third quarter, though. Yeah, it's 
they they there's always like oh someone's playing chess someone's playing checkers eric spolstra is playing chess while joey gumballs chewing on gumballs not realizing there's a board game happening he like (laughs) he's like in a different room he doesn't even know what's going on He's watching the town while the game yeah, is on. Exactly. You know, he changed the channel for a second. Right. You know I mean? Okay, 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 okay. We okay, we have to. <laughs> we'll wait on that. All right, okay. We'll, we'll talk. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about the yeah. game. All right, I want, really want to talk about the other thing, but all right, we'll talk about. Yeah. The, we'll... Um, the Heat outscored the the Heat scored forty six points in the third quarter, and the Celtics Jeez. did not take a timeout in the fourth quarter. The Celtics got out to I think it was a six zero run. Immediate timeout from Spolstra. And what happened? They shut the run down. This is such a simple aspect of basketball on every level that I feel like there must be something more going on here that I'm not aware of. But just like why not take a timeout when you're getting outscored by 21 points in a quarter at home to effectively lose home court advantage? I just don't get it. And I don't even think you can chalk it up to inexperience or whatever else, because like YMCA coaches call timeout when the other team scores eight in a row, bro. I, I was mean- going to say that. Like, I think you could have given him that excuse for the first month even. Because like anytime you're the first time in a new role, you're like, oh, I, I have to be the one to do that. Right? Like he ha- hasn't done that in a long time. But now at this point, <laughs> we're in the fucking conference finals and he doesn't know how to press the timeout button. He looks like <clears throat> playing a video game and he can't find the button. It's ridiculous. Bro, if you're playing a video game, like if I'm playing Tyler on 2K, I'm panicking. You know what I mean? I'm like, timeout. We need a TO, bro. We need a timeout, dog. You know what I'm saying? Like, as a just regular dude, it's just insane. But these, this team is just, I, I said this when we got on. They're not a professional basketball team, dog. There's, they have too many unserious moments. And they're playing a team that is as professional as it gets. Everybody knows exactly what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like, they have a coach who's, like you said, playing chess at all times. Bro, they were bullying the Heat first half. You know what I mean? Supposed to win in that motherfucker. Supercomputer got a computer. Cooked their ass by over 20 points in the third quarter. And Joey Gumball doesn't even call a timeout, timeout, let alone make a fucking adjustment. Seeing that they're fucking food right now. You know what I'm saying? It's insane. But they're just not professionals, G. They have too many unserious moments. They should beat this team. But, like, dog, there is no way they have any business losing like this at home. It's just crazy. They were talking about Tatum not touching it in the fourth quarter for sure. And he turns the ball over three times. It's just like when he does get the ball, it's like, come on, Two man. traveling calls. Two, one, I mean, one of them is just like, like by the third one, I'm like, my n- nigga, bro. He jumped you know, while holding the ball. Like, it's just – but we, and, and on, on the other end, we'll see, you know what I'm saying, uh, J- Jimmy get in the pivot and then make shit happen. You know what I mean? Get in the get get in the paint and then get a shot off. And, and, and a guy that you know humbly is one of the best basketball players in the world just can't figure that out in moments like that. It's just it's it's frustrating. You just had fifty one in, in in the in in uh in the last game. And my dude, like what you shot, I shot it what five times in the second half, six times. It's frustrating. Four times out of four times in the second half, unreal. I mean, and we, we I, there was a conversation we had where we were all like, oh, all right, after game six, we think he's still the switch. We think he's, he's figured it out. Those, he found something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those, those slow starts aren't going to be a thing anymore. He's, he's getting buckets in the fourth now. We were wrong <laughs> because what the fuck was he on tonight? <laughs> but he I was cool until the second half. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you, you know, part of me feels like it's scheming, it's coaching. You got to find ways to get your guy the, the rock. But, but, bro, like I said, these this core has been together since like 2017. 
Like, you know, getting the ball in Jason Tatum's hand is not some complicated shit to overcome here. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm just I'm just as flabbergasted and dumbfounded as all of us. I have no explanation. Uh, on the third possession, like of him not getting the ball, it was Horford and Jalen Brown playing, you know, tag in the corner, trying like, my nigga, like, bro, get a ball to the best player on the court, please. You know what I'm saying? Y'all need a bucket. Give it to one of the best bucket getters in fucking basketball. It's just crazy. Crazy. I mean, dude, the whole everybody on the on the telecast was like, Jason Tatum hasn't touched the ball in 55 possessions. <laughs> you know what I mean? Reggie Miller's like, thank yeah. you. Somebody finally said it. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, I, I think I, I mean, and I I like picking up on little things like this, particularly from color commentators. I think Stan Van Gundy was like, I mean, he was fighting so hard not to say Joe Mazzula cannot fucking coach. Like, oh, I, like how like how many times did you hear him say? I'm just surprised that the Celtics are, I mean, it was like. This is confusing to me. Like, just, you know, like. Go ahead, Tyler. Stan Stan Van Gundy is a coach's coach. He rarely throws coaches under the bus. Because I remember everyone was getting on his ass for it when he came to the defense of Steve Nash. Like, bro, no. Like, this ain't the guy to go to bat for. And then he called a Brooklyn game. He's like, I have no idea what the fuck Steve Nash is doing. Like, he couldn't even defend that guy. Right? So, yeah, if if Steve is kind of at his wits end with you, bro. Bro, you're fucking up for real, for real as a coach. And even you know, with, with, with Joey Gumball, man, you see, like in the mid, in the middle of the the quarters when they're asking him like what tra- what things should be done, it's just like I don't know if that's the answer. Well, like and, you know, what and, I mean? and, uh, okay, and a couple other things, just because this it was. I mean, I Shoot was more threes. You know, I was scoring cackling. transition. I'm like, I was cackling. You need to make some stop, get some stops, my nigga. Half. Like you know what I mean. So he told his team, he, he, he walked into a huddle, yelled at them, and then threw his clipboard down and walked away from the huddle, right? Goes back in, and according to the broadcast, what he said was, this is not an X's and O's game. It's a mindset game. Well, first of all, it's at least a little bit of X's and O's you got, game. You got, perhaps the best coach, yeah, you got perhaps the best coach in the league <laughs> on the other side. It absolutely is a little it's bit of an X's and O's. Right? This motherfucker. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Get the fuck out of here, bro. <laughs> And then second of all, the biggest adjustment that the Heat made in the third quarter was just getting out in transition. Like, oh, like, oh, it caught you by surprise that Kevin Love can throw an outlet pass. Like, I know you were, I know, I know that he was in middle school when he was doing that at UCLA or whatever. But like, famously, this is an ability that he has. You know what I mean? Like, they just were so. His middle name is Guard. His middle name is West after West Unsell, the greatest fucking outlet passer ever. Like, and we all know this as basketball fans because it's always been made a big deal about this dude. Right. So, I, yeah. I don't know. It, it was pretty um, remarkable. Uh, Jackson, any other comments on your head coach before I, maybe I maybe we can talk about it? Um, no. I mean, I don't. I don't want to clown the guy too hard for like the stuff he's saying in the timeouts because like obviously it's an X's and O's game, but like that's not the point to way to motivate your team. Like I actually think I don't. I give him a pass for like when you, if you were if you were in the huddle and you were like guys if he was like guys I fucked up we got to make this change like that's not any better like I I think that is fine I think and I'm not trying to like overreact because they lost game one of the Sixers won the series but it does feel like like Tatum doesn't get the ball for how many possessions in a row turns it over three times in a row it does feel like despite him being one of the best scorers in the universe he can you does he have a go to move does he have a a way to get a reliable shot at the end of games 
I'm his, not... go-to mo- his go-to move tonight was taking four steps without drifting. Right, right, right. <laughs> I like, mean, like he is in. You're six nine. That should be your go-to move. Because flow, shoot over a motherfucker. As dynamic, whatever, whatever, all of that. He deserves all. He was the top fourth or whatever in the MVP voting, deservedly so. I'm not saying he's like he's had this fatal flaw that he can't overcome, but it is weird. Like get Max Drew switched on you, ugly turnover. Like that should not. Even if it's a bad, like a a difficult shot, you should be able to like get a look off. It's it's a little odd yeah. sometimes. I'm not trying to like it's not an indictment on him as a player, but it's like sometimes I'm like, what what what's going on over there? One thing I know about this between him and Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown would just go get it. You know what I'm saying? You know, Tatum, you know, he tends to just like you said, play through, play in the flow. So maybe there's something to say that speaks say to that. Like if if the ball's not flowing through him, like I mean, we saw we saw him like grab the reins in game six and just like I'm just getting buckets, fuck you mean. You know what I mean? But that's not that's not Jason Tatum most nights, you know what I mean? He he seems like he gets when I'm when I'm watching, he's like gets balls like gets buckets like through the flow of the game. So for sure, and I think I mean, and honestly, you know, look, I I, I don't mean to just have this be a, a <clears throat> Joe Mazzula uh, episode either, but that that's part of coaching too, is understanding your personnel your and their personality. Yeah. And if if you know we need this dude to take X number of shots, but I can sense tonight that he's not going to go get him for himself. That's that's why teams have coaches. That's why it's not player coaches. So you have someone who's not in the game able to kind of direct some of that stuff. All right. Let's talk about the only thing that matters to me about Joe Missoula, which is that uh, this was apparently reported in January, and I didn't see it. He watches the town four times a week. Like, not once, but he, like, regularly watches it four times a week. And when asked why, he said it's, quote, just a Boston mindset. What's going on there? Ain't that motherfucker from like Rhode Island or some shit? I know New England is New England, but um, that's just weird as fuck. Like, <laughs> there's black people from Rhode Island. Wow, apparently crazy, but apparently they call what <laughs> they call subs grinders out there and everything. It's a weird fucking place. Um, Jeez. but. <laughs> Fucking Family Guy and shit. A sub is a grinder. That's a grinder. Nasty. Yeah, that is filthy, dog. <laughs> he is Can I get a six-inch grinder. He is indeed, he is indeed <laughs> from uh, Johnston, Rhode Island. Johnston, yes. Population twenty-nine thousand. Johnston, Rhode Island. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> I I already know what the motherfucker that looks like who settled Johnston, Rhode Island. Just off the name of that. I know that was a knicker wearing motherfucker right there, dog. But uh. <laughs> But yeah, that's weird as fuck because like, I mean, that's a movie that I've seen maybe two or three times and I'm like, okay, I don't know if I ever need to see it again in life. It was a really great fucking movie, but four times a week, bro, that is like we discussed, we might need Lexa Kerman to come do some goddamn psychoanalysis on this one, dog. It is such a stressful movie. Like it's not right. a fun, I mean, it's a, it's a good movie, but it's not an enjoyable watch. Because you don't have a and Boston a, mindset, that's why. And, and a Boston it mindset is. is just, that's like, that's, I don't, I don't know what that even means. And I can, you know, sometimes maybe like, if oh, you that, fucking like watch the town shit. maybe if you hop well, off the pod and watch I've the watched town it like four times, seven eight times i've watched it, it a good amount of times seven eight in, times in what time span in what time you know what span? i mean two since weeks? it came out bro no not at all bro not at all no i'm not i'm nowhere near you know <laughs> what's, the, what's, what's the movie, the movie y'all think y'all have watched the most the movie i watched the most um maybe do the right thing Nigga, that's a heavy you watch too. God damn, nigga, you watching Raider Raid right get choked out every fucking that shit. That's, that's one of the movie. that's one of the most painful scenes I've ever seen in a movie. You watch that shit repeatedly. It's my favorite movie of all time, G. 
Um, it's between Goonies and Friday for me. I have both the motherfuckers on VHS. Goonies is like my favorite childhood movie. Friday, bro, like I've I've talked on here about how fuck it's it's Friday and coming to America for the best black comedies ever. Like it's the I watch I watched Friday so much in a ten year period after it came out that even though I have not really watched it much yeah. ever Ain't since nothing else it's probably it, right? yeah. it's probably still in the top five for me. It would be probably either like non kid division because I've seen all the kids. I've seen Moana like seven hundred times or something. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh, Moana because it's, it's a fucking bro, 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 that's, that's, that's a that's hey. a Long Beach mindset. That's why. Let, let, let's talk about how 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 where I go is one of the all time great Disney songs ever. Hell yeah, yeah. Moana's a a art right there. That's Fuck a, yeah, yeah. Moana's like a perfect movie. Non kid division. It would probably be like Jurassic Park or uh maybe godfather slash godfather too because i used to watch those all the time harlem nights i watched that a ton of times too it's up there as well <laughs> friday i just watched friday like three weeks ago with rather man i watched friday it's so nights. fucking good dog. <laughs> it's, it's so, so fucking good. funny bro and it is funnier when you're high bro mm-hmm. like you know like not every movie is guaranteed to be that you know mm-hmm. what i mean that hey. is a <laughs> The we be letting watch, why? The we be letting you know. The we be letting you know. Evil lurks. <laughs> I feel like I feel like when we were in high school, if you walked into a group and the, if you walked into a room and there were two people or more than that in that room, Friday was playing. Like mm-hmm. like peak VHS. Like yes. e- like everyone you knew owned it. If you were like. Let's go play basketball. You were at someone's house afterwards, and you just would watch the movie from wherever it was in the fucking in the VCR. Like, have y'all ever tripped off the like? I was looking at old photos. Like it was a picture of like Spike Lee in the nineties. He had on like a Knicks jersey, and then like the CB thirty fours, the Charles Barkley joints. And I'm feeling like, bro, everything was so cool. Mm-hmm. Everything was so fucking cool. You know what I mean? Like above the picture was like a picture of like Wu Tang, like it was on Pinterest. And I'm like, dog, we it was a blessing. But anyway, I you just know, thinking about all this shit, I was just like, man, that, that time period was just I think it was a cool I mean, I don't I don't not just because I was born. I'm like I try to like, compare each decade. I think it was the coolest mm-hmm. decade ever. You the know 90s? what I mean? Yeah, I, 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 I mean like like shit. I, I mean we discussed this in the group chat. I told you eighty percent of my sneakers are fucking nineties Nikes, bro. Like, like, Bro. like, you know, the CB 34s. They lost the sauce after that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, the CB 34s you mentioned, Tinker made those to look like a straight jacket to play on the whole Charles's crazy angle. Like, you don't see shit like that in, in, in fucking, you know, sneaker design anymore. You know what I'm saying? So. I mean, you can't even wear today's sneakers with like jeans, bro. It's cool. Yeah, <laughs> you looking real daddish if you out here with some with some blue jeans with, with, and some with, with some jeans some falling over your John ja Morant, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, you know what I mean? And you see John ja Morant dropping some uh, red, white, and blue ones. He trying to lean into oh, that NRA shit, to- man. <laughs> Nike, Nike trying to make the switch, bro. Hey, he, he, they he like that. Will can't put the guns down. We gonna figure it out for yeah. you, Nike, buddy. Nike said our intel says Republicans buy sneakers too. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> Big facts. <laughs> Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home services marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects easy. We've used Angie at my house. We had some work done. uh, We had some painting done. 
we're able to find a bunch of really qualified people with good rates through Angie and pick someone we're really happy with. It was super easy to use the app, super easy to connect with someone. We got the call right away so we didn't have to sit around and wait. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installation, or cleaning. Angie has simplified finding help for home projects. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service projects from start to finish. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Angie's list is now Angie, your home for everything home. Angie doesn't just get your home projects done. Angie gets them done well. With 20 plus years of experience combined with new tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects easy. My wife and I own our house. We definitely have the home improvement bug. Been doing a lot of work on the house lately, and I will for sure be using Angie because instead of calling around, getting quotes from all these different places, like we just had turf put in the backyard, it took me three weeks just to get the quotes. We can pop our zip code and the project we want done into Angie, and boom, we got the quotes for the different contractors who can do the work right there. With over 220,000 pros in our network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job well done. Angie can help you get the best price for your project. Angie has projects that are priced up front and clearly lays out the cost before you buy. Angie has cost guides that will tell you what others have paid for similar projects, both nationally and in your area as well. With Angie, you can request quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps. The pros in our network are locally based. The pros have been rated and reviewed by others in your area who have actually used their services. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the website, you can have Angie tackle your home service project from start to finish, or you can research and connect with local pros for your specific project. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right. Well, I told Jackson, Jackson tried to get cute. He was feeling a little defensive. He said, you know, the Lakers and the Celtics are both down 0-1. And uh, I just made the point that to me, I'm I, my teams are playing for two championships right now. One championship would be if the Lakers win a championship. The other championship would be if the Celtics lose 
at any point. So to me, <laughs> I'm one and one. The Lakers lost one, that's a loss, but the Celtics lost one, that's a win. That, that, that's that that's that motherfucking Ant Man quote. I don't have to win, you just have to that's lose. Right. right? <laughs> he gave a bar to the haters for eternity with that one. That is poetry, dog. <laughs> Uh, all right let's talk about the nuggets lakers um i feel like you know but we 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 talk about i think if this is a basketball show i think it's a basketball show for casual fans i don't know if y'all would agree with that or not but we're not a lot of people say that they don't watch basketball but still like our pod you know what i mean right so So it's like i don't think we're one of those pods that's like oh you're not grinding tape on the hornets in fucking november idiot um i feel like a lot of friends of mine who are be- like passionate basketball fans, but who don't watch every game. I feel like a lot of people really got introduced to Jokic in game one of this series because I saw so many people who just been calling him the Russian dude. <laughs> the Russian. <laughs> who is this Russian nigga? <laughs> the a lot of people are like, oh, okay, I see why he you know won those awards. I see why people fuck with him. Like. <laughs> kind of efficient i guess it's you know what i mean it makes it uh but i don't know i feel like it, it's weird to say it about a two-time mvp but it does feel like it, it this series could be kind of the coming out party for him because he's playing the lakers and so and braun and ad so everybody's watching now you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh, but did y'all see that i just saw people losing their mind and if you look at what he did he has a couple better playoff games this year than what he did last night. Um, but I just feel like because he's playing the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, more people are seeing it. Did, did y'all see people kind of flipping out over him that maybe should have known better or something? Yeah, um, I, I don't really well, – well, you know, my timeline during that game was just mainly basketball for the most part. So I didn't really yeah. see a lot of like – you know, I follow a lot of fucking NBA fans and shit, right? So I didn't really see a lot of, you know, introduction, introductory shit. I know, Mike, you're the fucking Long Beach mayor, so I know you follow a lot of folks who ain't in, in this basketball shit, yeah. but I follow a lot of NBA Twitter motherfuckers. But I saw, I saw, I for sure saw a tie turn where it was like, bruh, he should have probably got three MVPs or bruh, this might be the best basketball player in the world. I saw that tie turning for sure. Yeah. That's what I saw. I saw a lot of people that were like, you know, saying what we were saying talking about legacy and all that shit well nigga <laughs> legacy or not this is like the coldest motherfucker i see on the court right now you know what i'm saying i mean dog what he did in those first three quarters is just insane yeah. you know what i mean till we figure something out till we, we kind of cause the disruption but yeah i saw the same thing tyler saw it was like yeah this is mb <laughs> didn't look like this right. <laughs> you know what i mean right you know so <laughs> Um, as, uh, guys who are rooting for the Lakers, do you feel better, worse, or the same after game one? Um, I feel, I I still think the Lakers are going to win this series and I feel like game one was a squandered opportunity. I feel that, you know, a phenomenal, a phenomenal game from AD. I feel like that mid game adjustment, putting Rui on Jokic was so fucking good. Right. Because, you know, um, you know, you put Rui on, on fucking Jokic, you know, you, you, you make AD be the fucking roaming free safety pterodactyl when he's at his fucking best. Right. And Rui, because the most dangerous Embiid is the Embiid who catches it on the elbow, who catches it on the wing, face to the basket. Right. Jokic, my fault. Jokic, right. Because when he catches a face, you know, 
face to the basket on the wing on the elbow he can do so much from there he can you know drive to the, to the basket he can back you down he can you know look for the cutters he can you know bake the double team and, and find and, and you know dish out of that but Rui was like all up in his jersey because he knew he had insurance on the back end you know if, if he got beat because AD was going to be right there and I feel like that was such a really good mid-game adjustment that now the adjustment to the adjustment is coming next game right and I feel like they really needed to cash out on that shit game one because I don't know if it's necessarily going to be as effective game two I thought that, I mean, I was, I thought it was going to get their ass cooked because it's such a different series. And even when I saw the starting lineup, I'm like, these boys too small. I'm like, you need to get Vandy out there. You need to get Rui out the there. You know what guard, I mean? The three guard lineup just hitting it's like just, they, repeat they too lineup small. from the Warriors to the Nuggets was like, I, I was very frustrated by that. because Flabbergasted. The, you know what I mean? I, like, I mean, like just by average height, what are the, what are the Nuggets compared to the Warriors? Like six inches taller? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, and, but perfect. that's what I was, we were seeing. They were getting bullied. You know what I mean? Like Aaron Gordon, like MPJ, just like, you know, he, I mean, he, he, if, if you're six, six, four standing in front of MPJ, MPJ, and he's fucking six, nine, what? Like, you know, that's, you're not guarding him, bro. That's, that's a, that's a wide open shot for him. So yeah, they were just so much bigger, but I mean, they, they switched it up and found something. I do think through, I think, I hope the, the Rui thing can still work. <coughs> Excuse me. Cause. AD's going to be so disruptive in the passing lanes. You know what I mean? And at the cup. You know, so I still think that can work. I think they found something. And that's all I wanted them to see was like, okay, they found a way to kind of disrupt this team. Who is a machine? And that's what I, I, I talked to. We talked about like how professional uh, the, 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 heat, the Heat are. I don't know if y'all peeped this, but when it, they were still up 16, I think, in, in the beginning of the third quarter. The you're, talking about, like, you're, you're talking about the Nuggets now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Nuggets. Yeah, the, the Nuggets are still up 16 at the beginning of the, of the third quarter. I think the, the Lakers hit got like five back-to-back, and Mike Malone was like, oh, time out, fuck it. Nah, we got to figure this the fuck out right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, he ain't playing, bro. And, I, and if you look at the players, like the players know exactly what they're doing. They come in there, and they clock in. They ready to fucking work. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're just so efficient. There's no room for no bullshit in the way they play basketball. And so they're a machine, and we found a way to clog up the machine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I mean, we'll, we'll see if it's there next game. But I mean, it's, and also one thing is good to see him make that adjustment. Where you know we talk about you know him not calling timeouts like that, but uh, that was a hell of an adjustment. It, it, it changed the whole trajectory of the game. It gave us a chance of winning. Okay, then we were down 23 at one point. So we can compete. I think, you know, AD looked great. I mean, we're talking about Jokic and all that shit. AD looked great, and particularly in the big moments as well. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see. But it gave me hope. I'm like, okay, we're, we're a good basketball team. And we, we, we have to lock all the way in. We were definitely not locked in in the first half. If we lock in for four quarters, we could definitely beat this team. But that's it. It's, every game's going to be hard. We're going to get – there's not going to be like two ass whoopings like we were playing the Warriors. The Warriors were not nearly as good as this Nuggets team. The Nuggets would have washed their ass if the Warriors made it through. Yes. So I think, honestly, I think this is a chip because I think the the Celtics are unserious. You know, what I mean, you can't count. You know, they're, they're going to fuck off too many big moments. You can't do that and win a chip. It's just not going to happen against good basketball <coughs> teams. And I think, you know, you know, as much as the the Heat have been playing well and Jimmy Butler's so good, I just don't see Jimmy beating. You know, I think I think the two teams on the on, on in the West are serious enough not allow. To not allow Jimmy to do what he just did to the Celtics today. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see. But we found something. And that's what I was excited about. We found something. We made an adjustment. We figured it out. We found out how to clog that fucking machine up. That is the Nuggets. They're a good, good, good basketball team. Yeah. I, agree I, with I, all I, that. I, I mean, you know, Darren Ham said himself, 
there is no one particular adjustment that is going to, you know, limit Jokic. He's like, this shit is going to be done by committee. But I think, sure. I think the blueprint is, you know, you got to have a defender that can get all up in his jersey, that can make it difficult for him to quarterback that offense, that can make it, you know, difficult for for, for him to, you know, find his open guys. And you got to have a guy who, who can sell out on that and just get all up in his jersey because AD is playing cleanup if he blows by him, right? So I think that that that's, you know, a foundational thing that they found here. But I don't know. I don't like. I said game two. You know, we're going to see the adjustment to the adjustment because a big reason AD w- w- was able to you know cheat so much towards Jokic was because you know Aaron Gordon was his assignment and Gordon's not a three point shooter, right? So they put some guys out there who you have to account for in that corner. Like you know, Jokic is going to have an island again. So we'll see. And the reason you can't play Vandy as much, you know, what I'm saying because offensively he's not as good. But the thing with Rui is he's a good shooter. He can score. You know, what I'm saying he doesn't make boneheaded plays. He has good feet, and he's strong enough to get up with a Jokic. He can't – you know, Jokic still can back him down all yeah. the time, but that clogs up that fucking offense. That takes a lot of time. When you have AD right there spying like right. a fucking safety, you know, make it, it, it it's gonna, it makes it difficult for Jokic. He has to be very aware of AD at all times, and, you know, it, it just makes the game harder. And that's what Rui can do is make the game more difficult yes. for a fucking basketball wizard. That is Joker. I mean, he's fucking insanely good. Yeah. We'll see. Um, I, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 your booty cheeks look like you know Jackson's no, right I, now. The face making you, you no, kind of tight. I, I, you I, right? felt, I, I felt pretty good I about it. I, mean, I didn't yell one time at the at the at the, at the, bass, at the No, uh, no, no, no. I, TV, I just you know? it, it was um, the fact that they started out down by as much as they did just kind of made it a little bit relaxing. Almost, it was just like okay, cool. Like you know, we we knew we weren't going two and zero. Steal the second one. But um, but yeah, whoop their ass the second half though, beat they yeah, ass. Yeah, and bro. I think I I mean I just always felt like Rui is sort of the key to this series, you know, for yep. the reasons that you guys mentioned. But he's also <clears throat> one of the best three point shooters in the playoffs, which is yep. critical. And and you don't have a lot of guys that can match up with Jokic that <laughs> can hit the rim from three. You know what I mean? So right, right. Um, yeah. So I, I will we'll see. I'll be also, let Nuggets see what will never play a half that good. In for the rest of the playoffs. You know, I don't know about that. I, I mean, it, bro, everybody was hitting. KCP had what? 14? Bruce Bowen, had, I mean, was a great basketball they've player. They had halves very like efficient, that, though. Had you know? 12. You know what I mean? I mean, KCP had 18 in the game six. You know what I mean? But they were playing a team that was nowhere near, you know, as good as the teams they'll be playing after, you know, after that, that Suns team. I, th- I think that, what, that, was a, that was a perfect half of basketball. It's yeah. hard to what They scored, what, 68 in the first half? Yeah, but I think, uh, but I think that was one other takeaway that I had was we talked about before the playoffs whether this Nuggets team played good enough defense to win a championship, and sure enough, like you score 132 points at home in a playoff basketball game, you expect that's a pretty comfortable win. They only won by six points, you know. So I, I I'm gonna be curious about that. I don't think that's how the Lakers want to win in the 120s, um, <laughs> <For sure. laughs> you know. But uh, but but I don't know. You wouldn't. Uh, the Lakers played a pretty poor first half and still end up scoring 126 points. So I think both teams have a lot to feel good about because I think I saw um, a couple of the you know real X and O's guys on Twitter talking about. Jokic uh, didn't really get to any of his baseline post-up moves, which is a big part of his game. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's got a lot of counter adjustments to make that he didn't get into either. So I, I think that's going to be a really fun series. They both look like they're going to be fun series, which is great. Um, let's talk about the NBA draft lottery. Uh, they did it again. The motherfucking San Antonio Spurs are going to get their third 
ever number one draft pick. The previous two number one draft picks were used on David Robinson and Tim Duncan. Unbelievable, dog. <laughs> uh, Victor um, who looked as pleased as punch uh, that he was not going to be going to the Rockets. Um, oh, and Rockets fans was hot. Tony Parker put up a picture of uh, uh, of uh, Wemby, who is French, uh, grew up in uh, in France, uh, wearing a Tony Parker jersey. Obviously, a very deep connection between France and the Spurs. Um, so here here we are. I look, I don't do sports gambling, but I would have made a lot of money betting on the Spurs. I think all of us were like, they're going to rig this shit for the Spurs, and especially after what's been happening with John Morant, it's like they're not sending this dude to Houston. There's no way in fucking hell they're gonna tuck him you, off in a smaller market. <laughs> you think you think the script writers um, wrote, wrote this one out? Yeah, and if yeah. they did, good for them, nigga. Protect the future of the NBA. <laughs> yes, love that. Yeah, love that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I don't know if if it was rigged or whatever, but this is what I wanted. I told y'all, that, I told y'all before, like I was, yes. it was like it was San Antonio and OKC, bro, and I was so happy when OKC didn't make the fucking playoffs because I, like I, bro, like I am old. And I and these and these dudes are kids to me. I am not looking for like Lamelo and Wimby will be so fucking fun. But fuck fun. This is a generational talent. This is a seven foot five guy who can get buckets like a two guard. Get that man to a competent franchise that is going to to, to you know um, take care of his physical upkeep and is going to develop him properly. That's all I want to hear, bro. As a basketball fan, so I am ecstatic that the Spurs got that man. Uh, you said he's a generational guy, bro. Like. Yeah. Fun is cute, dog. It would have been, you know, fun for a second in Charlotte. Then it might got ugly. You know what I'm saying? Like, protect this man at all costs. I'm glad they kept him away from the bullshit. Yo, get him in San Antonio. No distractions, baby. He's hidden over there. You feel what I'm saying? So love it. You don't want, like you said, it wasn't an 18-year-old like, kid from France to Houston. You know what I mean? All that. <laughs> no, man. It's not safe. Oh, Sorry, right. blue. So many times a day. In <laughs> right, right, right. Right. You feel me? <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> Meg the Stallion is normal in Houston. She's just not normal to us. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Keep him away from all them distractions out there, baby. Yeah, he might end up getting injured in Houston. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know that his. I don't know that his. Uh, I don't know. fall over a booty cheek. You know what I'm saying? Oops. I don't know that he's got Suck, the frame. You say suckling, <laughs> I don't know that he's got the frame for it. <laughs> um. You know, he it, it was interesting. The uh the take machine was in fucking full effect around Wemby. Um stuff flying around, someone who and you know, to his credit, like the Twitter is all ages coming together and, and the dude admitted he was uh I think two when Braun was in high school or something. But someone said, you know, did Braun get hyped like this coming out of high school? The overwhelming answer to which was yes. Absolutely. He did <laughs> Absolutely. Like we were watching Braun games on ESPN, you know, like what, like part of what's interesting about Wemby is unlike the really hyped American players like Zion and Braun and stuff, you, we haven't really seen him, you know, like people were watching the Euro shit just to see him, but it's like he hasn't played in America in big events or something like that. So the hype is definitely there because of how unique he is physically. But you can't compare anyone. People don't get famous the way it, people were capable of getting famous when Braun was coming into the NBA. Listen, you bro. You know what I mean? Listen, bro. We we had we had a fucking watch party in college for that LeBron high school game. And do you know 
how grown you think you are in college and how much you are like, I ain't sweat. I ain't going to be on no high school kids, dick. Like we got past that macho bullshit to watch this generational kid and fawn over him. Like he was that fucking transcendent. But, um, you know, you know, it's, it's like I tweet out today, bro. Like you have to understand this was 2002, 2003. We didn't have social media. We didn't have YouTube. We were keeping up with this man via magazines and the television. Like he was fucking Mickey Mansell or some shit, bro. And every fucking grade, right? In 10th grade. As a high school, right? And every fucking right. basketball fan in the country knew who he was. And I tweeted that out. And, I'm, and, a, and some dude from Ghana was like, bro, I was in Ghana and I knew who LeBron was. <laughs> right? It, the, the LeBron hype was the biggest thing we've ever seen in our life. He is ba- high school LeBron is basketball 1980s Michael Jackson. Like, we will never see that hype be surpassed, I don't think, ever. When they had him on ESPN, we were watching, like, and everybody will hoop at the. That's how I plunked art because I was skipping art, going to play ball because they had good run. The whole city would be at my at the gym I was at. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, when he was in high school, you know what I'm saying, St. Vincent, St. Mary's, and shit, we would like the gym would be clear. We'd all be at this common area at the top of the gym, second floor of the gym, watching on this big screen his games, right? But I remember when like his first NBA game, like nobody, nobody was on the courts. Everybody was crammed up there in these couches, standing up, you know what I'm saying, to watch this man ball. And we was like, oh, shit, he might really be like that. They was talking about this dude was going to be the GOAT before he even clocked a minute in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? Like crazy. We were talking about this dude in 10th grade. He hadn't decided if he wanted to play basketball or football at that point. Right. He was still playing receiver. And we were talking about LeBron James, dog. We have never seen anything like that, dog. It's insane. And he, yeah. and he surpassed it, which is crazy. Surpassed which is even, yes. I mean, Slam Magazine put him in an NBA All-Star jersey while he was in 12th grade. Like, <laughs> for the cover. You know, that's a, that's a great, he had a, he had an unauthorized biography out before he graduated high school. Great. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, we, we, yeah, we've never seen any hype like LeBron. But uh, but uh, but also, fame used to be different. I, and I mean, like, obviously, I would not want to be a celebrity now walking around when every single person has a camera in their pocket. But prior to social media, for someone to be famous, you had to care about them enough to, like, y- like y'all are talking about, you had to endure cramming around a television with other sweaty, disgusting college students to care about that person. You had to show up in person to see people. You know what I mean? There was no Google like I follow wasn't him even on Instagram. A verb yet, bro. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like niggas was using Yahoo to look up shit. Dog. People so were all we, the vistaing fucking you LeBron feel? James, bro. We weren't, we weren't. Right. We weren't searching people like we can even search them on the computer, dog. Like right. you had, like you said, at a particular time we had to tap in and watch. You know, we had to buy that that magazine in order to read about this man. You know what I'm saying? Bro. So and also like dog, I don't, like. There was no reader view. There was no reader view for Slam Magazine back in. There were people still passing out when they'd see people in real life. You know what I mean? Because like you might, you know, we didn't give get any type of access to these people's lives. You feel me? Fame was it was it was weird. It's probably weirder now, but you know, bro, it was it was crazy back then. That man was on TRL without having played an NBA second, which might not mean shit to anyone under thirty hearing this, but to to understand the magnitude. Of showing up at TRL, being at that fucking Times Square's window with fucking Lala, and you're a fucking, you know, 17-year-old high school kid. Like, bro, he was the biggest fucking thing in, in sports in, in 2002, 2003. TRL is what blew Rihanna up. 
You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like Rihanna getting that play on TR. You know, feel me? Like, dog, like this is this is how big TRL was. And they got this high, you know, this high schooler there. That's crazy. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh, my last point on Wemby before we move off and uh and and get to Tyler's Doc Rivers impression. Um <laughs> <laughs> You know, people have been uh, – I mentioned the hot takes going crazy. I think Woj said this is the best prospect in the history of team sports. I think mm-hmm. I just read Chris Broussard said that if he only ends up being as good as Kevin Durant or Hakeem Olajuwon, it would be a disappointment. Wilding. Um Relax, this, relax. This is, this, is, this is part of what drives leagues and fandom is – hype and excitement and all like you know uh, we can't wait to see how big this guy is we mentioned lebron james really stands out for being kind of the i mean a guy who somehow even exceeded that hype machine but where's the balance here on this is good for promotion of the nba and the ratings that are going to come the first time he plays a game versus the expectations that it is acceptable to place on a teenager who's moving to a new country to play against grown men. What, what, how do you feel about the way that this this is gone? Is it like, yes, this is great, everyone's excited, or is it more on the side of, could we fucking chill the fuck out and let this dude maybe play one preseason game? I mean, he is unlike anything we've ever seen, right? Um, I, I for sure 100% believe he is going to be great in the NBA. But it's just so wild saying if he's not Akeem, who is like probably a top 10, top 15 guy, or if he's not AD, that he's a disappointment. No, bro, let's just let this shit play out. Because I feel like, I feel like with, with, with the Spurs winning this shit, I feel like that should be an example more than anything of how in the NBA you need luck and you need fucking, you know, you, you, you need expertise and shit, right? Because you look at the Spurs. The Spurs are, I think they're the best drafting team of our lifetimes, right? Because they lucked up and they had scouts out there who, who saw, you know, fucking Tony Parker in France and Manu Ginobili in Argentina, right? And, 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 and they had guys who, 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 of course, yeah, you luck up and you get the no brainers like, like Robinson and fucking See. Duncan and, and Wimby, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but, but so much of this shit is just, it's, 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 it's putting the work in. It's, it's doing the homework and all that. And, and it's the same shit. With, with, with Wimby, right? Like, we're going to, I think he's going to be phenomenal. I think he's going to for sure win rookie of the year. He might fuck around and be an all star his first season, if, especially with the, with the fan votes and shit. But to say that if he's not a top 10, 15 guy, it's a disappointment. That's doing too much, bro. Way too much. I think the kid is 18. I don't, you know, let's not, let's not, I, I think it's just putting all that pressure on a, like, dude is still a teenager. It just seems like a lot. You know what I mean? Even with Braun, even though he surpassed it, that shit was crazy. You know, like for for me as like a, I was what I'm three years older than him. That shit was wild seeing that. You know what I'm saying? Like putting on a, on a teenager. But I get it, bro. As much as I'm, I, I, I think it's they wilding, but I understand. I've we've all seen him play, man. You know what I mean? Like what he could be is something we've never seen before. You know what I mean? So wish him the best. Wish him all the health. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we'll see. But uh, I mean, regardless, I think he's going to be great. Whether he's, you know, what, 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 I mean, his, his, his bottom is, you know, a great, 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 great basketball player. But the, his, I don't think we've seen this potential before. As yeah. much as potentially we saw Bron, like this, this, he's just, he's unique. Different. Yeah. I want, no doubt that he's unique. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. I want the metrics on when NBA 2K drops. I wish there was a way they could track who is using the Spurs 
on that on that first fucking week or whatever when they play like online the percentage is there because i know everybody's gonna be trying to run with those motherfuckers and they're for sure gonna be the first team i'll run with when i when i boot that motherfucker up i ain't gonna lie to you i'm gonna see what that motherfucker because he is a video game creator player in real life you can't create a wimby yeah like they'll if you create somebody that tall they'll take away the right shooting. they will make a speed like a 22 or some shit you know yeah you can't they won't let you you have to pay money to break the game <laughs> and add you know what i'm saying like dog, it's, you can't. You're not. You're not even allowed to make that get that dude. So yeah, man, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, quite a few coaching changes uh, in the NBA in the last uh, week or two, and it is our privilege to be joined by the one and only Glenn Doc Rivers. <laughs> Doc, so sorry to hear that you lost your job. Uh, what's What's next? Okay. Uh. <laughs> Okay, uh, first off, I'd like to say uh, thank you to, to the city of Philadelphia. Incredible city. I appreciate how you embrace me. But uh, none of us are surprised here, not even me. I knew I was cooked. I knew I was cooked when Maury bought that motherfucker James Harden alone. I knew right then and there I was done. I have never in my life seen a GM who is dedicated to a motherfucker he ain't never going to win shit with. Like Maury is with Hardy. Maury thinks he's the smartest motherfucker in the room, and he ain't never did shit. Him and Harden are like motherfucking pinky in the brain. They're the NBA pinky in the brain. Always think they got a master plan, and it blows up in their motherfucking face every time. That big head, lap, lap mouse-looking motherfucker, Daryl Maury. Uh, so, so no, I'm, I'm not surprised. I knew this was coming. You know, I wasn't even sweating after that game seven. <laughs> that game wasn't on me. We just couldn't do a damn thing with Jason Tatum and his S curl. I know I I don't adjust for shit, but goddamn, goddamn it, we tried. <laughs> we tried. We went zone. We went drop. We we doubled up. We doubled that man, but the boy's soul glow was just glowing that night. <laughs> we we tried following the drip all around the court, but we couldn't do shit with him. Now game six, that was me like a motherfucker. I ain't gonna lie to you. That that was on me. But game seven, hell nah. That boy Harden hit three shots all damn game. And Embiid had two points in the fourth quarter. But anyway, I know I'm done here. And I'm honestly looking forward to it. No more motherfuckers on my ass about liking porn on Twitter. I'm free now. Tell porn tell porn up. Tell X videos. Big Dick Doc is back, baby. <laughs> Lose my motherfucking number, Daryl Moore. Don't be hitting my motherfucking phone because I'm going to be beating my dick like it owes me money. Not as much money as the Sixers owe me. <laughs> because those motherfuckers still owe me like 18 million more dollars for two more years. What's the square root of that, Moore? You calculated eating, motherfucker. Motherfuck you. Kiss my ass. I'm gone. Big Dick Doc, baby. Signing off. <laughs> All right, thanks to Doc Rivers for joining us. I think John just barfed all over his fucking bro, office. That's that fine, was happening. bro. We got to end on that, nigga. We'll see, y'all, uh, we'll, we'll see y'all on Saturday for the basketball free episode and Sunday after the game. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs> MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is 
finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.